1: Listener note, this episode contains discussion of alleged child sexual abuse and suicide. With her hypnotic voice and clever use of technology, Teal Swan amassed an online following that numbered in the millions. But the increased attention brought increased scrutiny from regulators, from cult experts, and from victims' families. Were the allegations that she was running a cult baseless or were they rooted in her own documented behavior? This week's episode is Teal Swan, Spiritual Influencer or Modern Day Cult Leader Part 3 Up in the night your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. Could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who sinister. I'm gonna
2: kill you. Well, this is the last of it. That's shutting it down after this. <laughs> Hopefully. She shuts down some stuff after this, too. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, do you think people that we cover listen? I mean, we know some people that we've covered have listened to our stuff because we've received emails, Mm -hmm. both positive positive and negative. (laughs) Yeah, right?
1: Uh, it's it's funny that if uh, you cover someone and discuss their bad behavior, that they send you a message and they're not happy that you talked about their bad yes. behavior. And you're like, well, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why. Um, I do wonder. I wonder if like somebody, somebody like Till Swan, I imagine maybe, I can't decide, does she have a Google Alert on herself or not? I have a Google Alert on both of us and the show. Um, I do too.
2: And yeah. sometimes it just randomly goes off and... The thing it's pinging is the same article from 2018. And I don't understand what's happening. (laughs) It's like big news with
1: Sinisterhood. They're in the iTunes top 10. I was like, iTunes doesn't exist anymore. So this is old.
2: (laughs) It's very old. This is before a lot of shit happened uh, to the entire world. I bet she has somebody in her inner circle that is in charge of that. Probably. In fact, in in the documentary, I believe he's British. That's like, it, is that her manager? Yeah, I think he's the one that would probably tr- keep track
1: of all that. He listened and was like, I don't agree with them. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you don't. No. Because uh, no. he was like saying that one guy, Eckhart Tolle has this six million followers and you only have this many followers and we need to double your followers so we can triple your followers. She's very uh, astute from a, a business perspective from trying to grow her following. Very yeah. astute.
2: Yeah. Which is one reason she's dangerous
1: dangerous and effective. I have a I'm I'm stoked about so what do we think because Oh, good. I think we can solve it. <laughs> is there a mystery? This is like me yesterday when I go it's what's with the sun? We got to do something about the sun. And Paris said, "What do you propose?" <laughs> oh, we need a big shade like sunglasses, but that keeps us from getting burned too much by the sun, but you still got to let some in. And then I told you, I read this whole article there are some plans to do that by
2: people at Harvard and like think tanks that are not me. I don't know if it's giant sunglasses, but something Correct. they're not way, that way. Similar giant sunglasses, way more fun, possibly sunglasses- more difficult to build than the what they are proposing.
1: Listen, sponsored by Ray Ban,
2: you get sponsorships <laughs> in
1: the uh, goodwill alone. I mean, you're going to make so much money that
2: Ray Ban, you're the one that
1: saved the world.
2: And plus, uh, when like astronauts get to take pictures from up there and it's just the world with sunglasses on. Yeah. <laughs> like, so cool. Who isn't going to want to learn more about just us? No. You know? It's perfect. That's the way you
1: attract cool aliens. Yeah. without the sunglasses, we're going to get not so, like, we're aliens. We want, like, hey, we're the aliens. Yeah. Like, we want to be the cool we're kids,
2: Earth? the cool planet. Everybody wants to visit. And they're not just like, oh, look at those yahoos down there that don't know what the hell they're doing. So that's my solution is uh, – but they're going to possibly
1: – they could spray some stuff in the stratosphere that would be an effective way. Yada, yada. It's an article. Don't DM me because I read the article from Harvard, so clearly I understand it. <laughs> I just need to know enough to know that there's hope. So my, that's uh, what I'm feeling my, right I now. said
2: something similar to Tommy the other day. My suggestion was a giant uh, bubble, yeah, like a sphere around the earth, so – Also probably difficult to construct, but I'm glad that something in the same vein is happening by people that are smarter than us. Whatever. But see, this is the difference is I say...
1: I'm going to leave that up to the Harvard yes. mathematicians and geoengineers who are doing, deciding whether to fertilize phytoplankton in the ocean and make it eat more of the chemicals and eat yada yada. That's a, I'm not going to make YouTube videos be like, hi, I'm Heather, and I'm going to tell you how to
2: solve climate change because I read a couple articles. Step <laughs> one like... giant sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Although, step two Instagram account for the earth. It's just rebranding the Earth being super cool. Earthstagram. <laughs> we want the Earth to be cooler, both literally and figuratively. <laughs>
1: Cooling down the Earth.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh we're my idea goodness. people. I, I like, I have ideas. Just like with the recent people presenting things. Yes. That you did. I had this idea. Tommy is the technology guy, so he put all the slides and stuff together. Also, he was. An artistic creator as well. I have to say, flawless. a lot of it was was him also. It was flawless
1: execution. You crushed it. You made the most amazing PowerPoint. Uh, you delivered it
2: perfectly. It.
1: Thank you so much. I presented it as like a neighbor in a homeowners association, so that will go up on Patreon soon. My husband shot it and said, "I'd like to take first crack at editing it." So. We'll see what he comes there up with. Go. It sounds like it will be more than what I did for the last one, which is you. And then I just put a, the slides next to your face. He sounded like he had ideas. So we'll, we'll let him we'll run see. with that.
2: We'll see what happens.
1: In the meantime, we got we to gotta wrap this up because I know probably there are some listeners who have not listened. Maybe they listen to Mordecai, but they have not listened to the other two episodes yet because they like them all together mm-hmm.
2: and we get it. I get it. Yeah. People want to binge stuff. So if that's the case, then you're welcome. And if you're tired of hearing about this woman, then you're also welcome because this is the last we will speak her name in <laughs> this done. episode. <laughs> she is like Voldemort. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Mother. And let's get into it. With at least two client suicides alleged to have been influenced by her methods, Teal Swan's online presence showed no sign of slowing down in 2016. She continued uploading videos to YouTube and social media utilizing SEO practices and algorithms to reach new and wider audiences, and practicing her completion method on clients near her home in Utah. However, once regulators got wind of her actions, that practice was forced to move. Regarding SEO, we did have
1: one of our listeners message us who works in that industry, who was describing to me sort of, the way that the algorithms work regarding how, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it, but how they determine what you're seeing, right? And they essentially were saying that what Teal Swan is doing is considered incredibly unethical in that field. So that Google basically looks, the algorithms of Google look for, um, factual accuracy as well as like harm, possible harm that could be done by what they're Googling. And the quality evaluator of Google says that things like content, like content like this has the potential to harm searchers and content regarding mental health and suicide, things like that should be subject to stricter diligence by the search engines like Google and YouTube and things like that. And it's doesn't and, and it doesn't look like it is. Like, it does pop up and say, hey, call 988 if you need help. But her videos are still being put up there. And I think... It's on the some, same page. You don't even have to scroll. Correct. Yeah, they're one or first, second, third, mm-hmm. right up there. And this listener also said, you know, certain news agencies actually work to... They work by using the same keywords that, like, she would use, but instead of typing in, like self-harm influencer, like help influencer, it would be an article that would pop up that would be like, are influencers like Teal Swan the best way to handle your mental health problems? No. Actually, here are some resources in your community that they would use the same type of, sorry if I sound confused, it's because it's all very new and confusing, but I We appreciate having the experts that listen to us when they reach out tell us these things. But the ideally, Teal Swan is using certain keywords to draw people to her. Debunkers would use those same keywords so that their content would show next to hers, essentially to try to offset the harm that she's doing. But because they're debunking, they're allowed to use those type of keywords. What diligence should come in is if you're using those keywords and directing
2: people to more harm mm-hmm. that makes sense so did this person suggest that it's kind of in the hands of the conglomerates like google and youtube to step up and make it make this rule stricter on how stuff gets put in the algorithm well, they told us that social media
1: has more aggressive algorithms that actually are designed to drive you into feedback loops and bubbles and maintaining your say. It shows you what it thinks you want to hear. It's an echo chamber. Yeah. And social media algorithms are designed differently than Google, where Google prioritizes factual accuracy and social media algorithms ta- target keeping you in like endless scroll like they just want to keep you Mm -hmm. on and so endless scroll of stuff that thinks you want to see but YouTube is technically owned by Google but YouTube is more the YouTube algorithm is more similar to like Facebook and Instagram and social media algorithm so YouTube algorithm is more interested in maintaining eyeballs on the screen versus Google which would be more interested in factual accuracy
2: well, when the majority of her followers have found her via social media, then they're they're on the wrong side of stuff as far as what they're going to see. If they follow her on Instagram and are liking all of her stuff, the next thing you know, everything on your Instagram is targeted ads or, oh hey, you might also like this. So you do – you start to surround yourself, even not by choice really, with – like-minded people and if that like-mindedness is harmful then it becomes real dangerous real fast absolutely and and the listener also pointed out that with
1: google while I mean, let's they're all everything's publicly not everything, but many of these are publicly traded. They're trying to make money. So they do want to avoid liability. And while they're they're interested in factual accuracy, not because they love you and want to save the world, but because they want you to use them as a search engine and go, I get the best, most accurate factual results from Google. I don't get junk pushed at me. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we go to Google to look up things versus Facebook. And why probably Facebook will never would never be a search engine because it is more interested in keeping your eyes on stuff that's going to Feedback
2: loop essentially Mm -hmm. make you be like, yeah, I am right. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, Facebook. Well, in 2017, Teal excitedly announced a retreat center she purchased in Costa Rica. She planned to move there, she said, having never visited before. She believed she had been divinely led to the location. However, her move to Costa Rica coincidentally occurred around the time the state of Utah cited her for practicing mental health therapy without a license. Although in her online videos, Teal insists she was not a doctor or mental health professional, the state ruled that she was presenting herself and offering services as if she were a licensed professional. She was ordered to cease and desist offering her services in an order dated May 2, 2017. The citation alleged that when Teal administered her completion process in a YouTube video, she was actually engaging in mental health treatment without a license. According to the citation, the video begins with Teal diagnosing the person with social anxiety, a DSM-5 diagnosable disorder. She then uses her completion process to attempt to treat the client on camera. The citation describes her actions as, Engaging in the professional intervention for the treatment of social anxiety,
1: Miss Swan applies known psychotherapy techniques.
2: Well, good for the state of Utah. Honestly, yeah,
1: finally, they're doing something. Yeah, after. I mean,
2: they should be doing a lot of shit about a lot of shit, but at uh, least yeah. somebody did something about this. Uh,
1: yeah, and I think it's not a stretch for them to say, to, for for them to come down with this citation because... She straight up says in several interviews she uh, like we talked in the last episode, she uses the term client all the time. Mm-hmm. And in the Gateway podcast, she said, oh, I saw them for therapy sessions. You know, it was just normal therapy sessions with clients.
2: I'm like, you ain't a therapist. Stop no, saying that. Yeah, that <laughs> would be as if every time we hung out and I came home and I said, Tommy asked what we did. I said, oh, we just had a therapy session when in reality we had just talked about our problems. Well, and also you didn't charge me money for that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and. And And give you you... advice that, you know, goes against what doctors and licensed professionals would say. What is the
1: difference in having a friend talking to you and having her in this video go... You, based, based on what you're telling me, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that you have anxiety disorder. You have social anxiety. And for that, this is the treatment that we're going to go through, which you, that, you, no, yeah. that's not no. your job. You no, can't do that. You can't do that. And it's it's just like, you know, I think what, what this all boils down to, and I thought about this on our break from part two to part three. I think that the country or society has little respect for what mental health professionals do that they can't say, they they would say, well, a mental health counselor, they're not really, I mean, anybody can do that. And that's not true. And I think that mm-hmm. discounts what they're doing versus, you know, giving someone stitches. Like no one goes, a nurse, anybody can just do what a nurse does because we can physically see yeah. that a nurse can do CPR and stitch people up when mental health counselors are actually doing those things. You just can't see it. But the invisibility, I think, goes Oh, I could just do that. Anybody does that.
2: Well, that's been the the problem with mental health for so long is, I mean, you know, the whole trope is, what would you tell a person that has the flu to just stop being sick? And then you have to say, you can't just tell a person with depression to stop being depressed. That's not how it works. It's a legitimate illness. Mm -hmm. But because you might not physically see it, you can see somebody has a runny nose and a cough and is running a fever. You don't see... The suicidal ideations is going through somebody's mind. So it's just arrogant of everyone in general to think, well, unless I can see and touch something and it's a tangible thing, then it doesn't actually exist because I can't see it. That's how that's why if I see a car
1: parked in a handicapped spot and someone gets out that seems reasonably able bodied. I don't go, well, what? They're taking advantage because there's so many mm-hmm. invisible illnesses and that people living with disabilities don't all look a certain way, just like any group. There's no one right answer, one size fits all. And so it's not anybody's fucking business. Like, no. sh- And and what are you going to be like, I'm going to need to see your medical files before me, a citizen who has nothing to do with this business or this parking spot, knows whether you're supposed to be. It's like, shut the fuck up mind your own business. Mm-hmm. But along those same lines, people get like, freak out and want to like go crazy and complain like i saw somebody that didn't even need it parked in a handicap spot or the artist jack she's a famous singer she had uh she has a song called victoria's secret and in her music video she has a dancer who is who uses a wheelchair and she has some mobility but she also uses a wheelchair and some people in the comments were like well she doesn't need that wheelchair i'm like are you her doctor like <laughs> What the fuck? So I yeah. think it's this perception. You're absolutely right in nailing it that this, well, I don't perceive that. So they they must be fine. And yeah, they can go look on YouTube for their help. It's like, no, that's just like anything else. You need professional assistance. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I went down a rabbit hole and I won't get too deep into this for several reasons. One of which is just that I don't want to get too off topic, but it is tangentially related to this. As far as people that are not licensed to do stuff, giving uh, help, which is not at all, to troubled teens. And I went down this rabbit hole of the troubled teen industry, specifically wilderness therapy programs. And if you want to just uh, question everything. (laughs) Wow. And it's just such an industry that makes... So much money, but because they target these parents and their emotions and vulnerabilities. And when you're a parent that has a teen that is acting out or doing drugs or has, uh, you know, mental health problems, you don't know how to handle it. And then someone reaches out to you and is like, oh, we can help you with that. It's in this beautiful setting out in Colorado and everybody's going to ride horses and have one-on-one counseling and blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, okay, here's $7,000. Take my kid. Dude, the things they do to these kids, everyone that is involved in this, there's a special place in hell for. Wow. From the second they are taken, many of them are, with their parents' permission, kidnapped in the middle of the night (gasps) and taken to these places, not told where they're going, what's going on, anything. And from the second they get there, it is just incredible manual labor starvation sexual abuse physical abuse emotional abuse they're living out in the forest with with nothing no amenities they're having to like dig latrines to go to the bathroom in just wild wild stuff and there are i believe 86 known cases since 2015 of teens that have died by suicide or Or other ways at these places that just nothing has ever happened. And like some of them are died from exposure to the elements, wasn't given proper medical attention. And when you look at the people that are doing this, they're not licensed mental health counselors. And that's how all of these um, programs get away with not being regulated by the FDA is because they don't. Market themselves as mental health treatment facilities. It's just wow. like therapy, pr- or it's like, you know, wilderness therapy programs just come out into the woods. But they, it's kind of the opposite of what Teal Swan does, where she's acting like she's this licensed counselor. They go the opposite way so they don't get cited by the state and have to move their practice. Wow. Yeah. And, and
1: just, uh, again, I think you see what happens when you don't have access to legitimate mental health treatment for these teens that probably need it. Oh my gosh, it's and, heartbreaking. It and is th- absolutely heartbreaking. You have desperate parents who think, Well, this could work and again you think, Well, surely if it was harmful, it wouldn't be allowed. It's like harmful shit's legal a lot of the oh, times. Yeah. Unregulated and legal a lot of the times. And well that's but really a lot of sad. these
2: parents too and at this point so much has come out about it that I feel like if you're still sending your kid to one of these things and then- that's on you because there's a ton of information. It got really big when Paris Hilton finally came out and was told about the abuse that she, cause she went to one of these two or they're, you know, they're like preparatory boarding schools and you know, they're worded, but it's really like, it is just abuse after abuse that these teens suffer all because of this industry, this mental health, this wellness industry that, People just capitalize on others' emotions and vulnerabilities to make money. Yeah, it, and that's, that's what it is, taking advantage, for sure. The move to Costa Rica didn't solve all of Teal's problems. Having lost several clients to suicide, their families began speaking out. In 2018, cult investigator B. Schofield wrote an article titled The Gucci Guru, in which she detailed Teal's claims of extraordinary power and concluded that Teal was running a cult. That same year, Gawker released the six-part podcast The Gateway that dove into Teal's teachings and featured interviews with Teal, Leslie Wainsguard's surviving husband John, and other current and former members of the so-called Teal tribe. The BBC and other news outlets began picking up the stories and also reported on the suicide's linked to Teal's practices. By 2019, there were so many reports that Teal was encouraging suicide, she created a video on YouTube called Teal Swan's stance on suicide. The 14-minute video rails against the standard mainstream approach to treating clients with suicidal tendencies, saying they do not work. In fact, Teal says in the video her approach is so groundbreaking that mental health clinicians are flocking to her trainings in order to learn how to utilize her tactics. She claims in the video that her extrasensory perception and experience working with suicidal clients makes her uniquely qualified to develop the new tactics rather than mental health professionals with traditional academic training and credentials. Regarding traditional methods, she told the camera, The bottom line, you guys, is if it worked, they wouldn't be looking for alternatives.
1: The uh, implication I took away from this video as a viewer was that it sounds like she's not doing one-to-one completion process training with customers, clients, as she calls them, but she's training therapists who are going to use this in their therapy practice. And it just it's almost like that's what the purpose of this for. It's just this is for me to train other professionals and they need to know how to do this when that's not quite the reality based on the evidence that we've reviewed and you know, the information that's out there. She kind of makes it sound like, and I wonder if it comes from this diluted sense of importance this inflated sense of self importance that i am actually such an expert that the so-called experts that you all think are smarter than me come to me to train them and then you see real experts being you know interviewed in articles and documentaries go no we don't that's the opposite
2: <laughs> yeah. and she, if you ask her can you give us some examples it's just word vomit and Talking in circles and you don't really get an answer out of it. And eventually you're like, oh, my God, just stop talking. I'm sorry I asked, which is her M.O. for everything.
1: Yeah. Just uh, talk somebody under the table, talk mm-hmm. in circles. And we'll get to that later in the analysis of whether it's a call of that's a tactic, right? Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. you trick people. And it's Bentino Masaro where they said, if you type out what this person is saying mm-hmm. and read it back, you'll realize there's there ain't a lot of punctuation here. It's the same thing
2: with Trump when people uh, would – experts would analyze his speeches and stuff. It's just these buzzwords that mean nothing. And, yeah, when you type it out, it's like (laughs) – it comes out looking like when you try and do (laughs) voice-to-text and your phone's (laughs) fucking up. And it's just nonsense. And the person's like, what is – I don't understand what this means. I think I kind of do, but not really. But I I think I have enough here to kind of put two and two together. And it's like – or you missed a huge part of what's really going on here and you just kind of yada yada over it.
1: Yeah. And you, or you're listening to it. And because she says, Well, if you understand me, then you're a special chosen mm-hmm. one and you've received my message that you go, I understand it. You mean you don't? When it really is nonsensical in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In
2: 2022, a docuseries called The Deep End aired on Freeform TV and Hulu. The four-part series follows Teal as she practices her completion process and interacts with her group members, including her longtime friend and right-hand man, Blake Dyer. The producers made Teal's personal life and reactions to the possible suicides of group members a main storyline, as well as her relationship with Blake and his relationship with his new girlfriend and later wife, Juliana. You and I both said after watching the first episode, you kind of go,
1: "Well, she seems like she's she's doing all right. Like she's helping some people, they're crying, they're but as you get further in, you start to
2: un- it starts to unravel, especially when Juliana is introduced who is a very uh, soft-spoken, seems very kind, mild-mannered, and she had met Blake at one of Teal's workshops, and they formed a relationship, and eventually she moves from where she lived out of the country to be with him. Teal doesn't like that. No, and it's uh, one of the reviews I read. It said that
1: uh, the docu series at points plays more like a scripted drama with this drama that goes on between Teal and Juliana, and kind of the which there, it's really one sided because Juliana's just kind of nice and just shows mm-hmm. up and is like, "I'm willing to help. What do you all need?" And Teal's like, "I think you're plotting against me." Yeah. And you're, she's like, "I'm sorry. What was that?"
2: Yeah. Even there's one particularly heinous scene where. Teal has all of the inner circle sitting in a literal circle on the floor and she's just berating Juliana saying how she's so uh, aggressive towards her and makes her uncomfortable and her vibrations are off and all this stuff. And then she has everyone in the inner circle go around and tell Juliana how bad she is and how good Teal is. I mean, it is like you're watching 13 year olds at In the lunchroom, like, bully someone. It's horrible.
1: I mean, it made me think of this made-for-TV movie I watched with – Hillary Swank and Mark Paul Gossler called Dying to Belong. And it's about joining a sorority and they make the girl that played six on Blossom walk on this table and they all circled things on her body that they were like, your stomach's too big. Your thighs touch Mm. each other. You're this. And it's you think, oh, that's ridiculous. That happens in a sorority in a Lifetime movie. That's not a real thing. And then you watch this and they're like, well, we can tell based on your actions or like they'll, they'll go. We know that you think that you're better than Teal. Mm-hmm. We know that you think that you... Th- and it's like, what you know that I think what now? Mm-hmm. And I think when you get into this, we all believe Teal is some psychic alien from the 6,000 years old. And Teal says, I can read your vibrations and it's negative towards me. How do you
2: even argue with that? You can't yeah. be like, nuh-uh. <laughs> yeah, because it's nonsense. You can't it's argue nonsense. with nonsense. It's, um, you know, when you have... Someone who is in charge and their right-hand man who they have had under their thumb for 19 years all of a sudden finds a new relationship and a new woman, that's very threatening. And she does everything in her power, at least as far as you can tell from the documentary, to break that whole thing up. And good for Blake. He stands his ground. They end up moving out. And hopefully they – I think actually I recently read that they had a kid. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, but she, when he leaves, it immediately, 180 on how she felt. It's not the, Blake has been there for 19 years for me, and, you know, it's all of a sudden, everything he's ever said was a lie. How can I trust anything he ever told me? He's He's gone against his word. This is the biggest betrayal I've ever seen. All because someone didn't agree with her. That he fell in love
1: and yeah. wanted to leave and not spend every waking hour up somebody's ass that's, like, not your spouse. Like, pretty much, Matt's marriage is that you, you spend all day with somebody and their needs come before yours and your needs come before theirs. We all take care of each other. Well, when it's one-sided for 19 years and you're like, I want something for myself, I want to find love, and they genuinely do seem to love one another in mm-hmm. one of their interviews that they're doing for this investigator that we'll discuss, they're giggling at each other and, like, kind of, ex- you know, and you think... He's good for him. Like, the whole time yeah. I was rooting for him. Oh, yeah. And Teal will tell you, it's all editing. But is Yeah, it she editing? says
2: it's all editing, that, you know, everything was taken out of sequence, and this timeline doesn't even make sense, because this, ha- you know, happened before she even moved to the country. And I don't know. There's a—she wants all the footage to be released. I would love that. I would love for all the footage to be released. So then it's really proven even more— how full of shit this lady is. Mm-hmm. Having been called a cult leader online, Teal hired private investigator Molly Monahan to perform an analysis of whether Teal had created a cult. This interaction in Molly's study is a main storyline on the docuseries. Molly has been a private investigator for 14 years and has conducted an investigation on cult journalist B. Schofield at the request of a spiritual leader located in the Pacific Northwest who had a member die. Schofield alleged something nefarious had occurred, and law enforcement determined it was an accident. Molly was brought in to separate fact from fiction and later analyze why Schofield was fixated on the story. Molly's prior experience working on behalf of a spiritual leader to debunk rumors of liability surrounding a member's death made her an attractive candidate to determine whether Teal was running a cult. This is an interesting dynamic. And it honestly was
1: confusing initially because there's you're like, you hired her to do what now? And like
2: you Well, first of all, Molly is the hero of the whole docuseries. And if she doesn't get a spin-off show, then this was I don't know what Hulu's doing. She's incredible. She's she seems like a very nice woman. There's a tiny frog in a scene that she's taking care of. But yeah, it's a very weird thing to hire someone to dig into, is there any merit to what people are saying about me? And then when you don't get the answer you want, you're pissed and you refuse to accept it. That's not how things like that work.
1: And you have to have a lot of respect for Molly Monahan because she's asked to analyze facts, interview people, and make a determination. And she does that. Mm -hmm. And then Teal's argument is but i paid her and i'm like well yeah but you paid her to be objective and you got your money's worth because she was objective but it's like well i paid her and she didn't even take my side and you're like oh you are misunderstood she
2: basically admits that my intention was to pay this person to clear my name she wanted to look good Mm -hmm. yeah though she was paid by teal Molly made it clear from the beginning that her analysis would be objective. She interviewed Teal, Blake, Juliana, and other current members, as well as former members like Teal's ex-boyfriend, Jared Dodson. In the end, Molly informed Teal that the group could not not be classified as a cult. In other words, it fell into a gray area. One of the chief issues Molly had was with Teal's non-negotiables the contract she had insiders sign before they were allowed to work closely with her. Some of these non-negotiables include, You can't put your family first. Teal has to come first. The priority of the entire
1: community is whatever is in the best interests of Teal. Everything else is second to that.
2: You can't have personal boundaries that have, in any way, an effect on Teal. Teal even goes so far in the documentary to have the inner circle members agree to not have any children, is they would distract from the group's goal.
1: Yeah, I will say from the filmmaking perspective, the docu series was pretty genius. In that, again, the first episode, you're like, I don't know, it might not be so bad. And then by the, I mean, they unleashed this document. I was like, oh, they did what? Because it, despite her protests, for a portion of it, she seems reasonable. And then you're like oh, no, this is real bad. And then by the time you see these non-negotiables and they're bullying Juliana and all the things that come out after that, you go, oh, yeah, maybe there's something to be said. Molly Monahan ain't wrong.
2: They're all sitting around this table like it's a work meeting, which I guess to them it kind of is. And, you know, some of them have laptops. And it's so horrible just to watch the manipulation and the she's just a puppet master, how she'll suggest something. But then, you know, well, we can't have any kids in the house because I can't work with a bunch of screaming kids. And then someone kind of offhandedly suggests, yeah, I mean, it'd probably be best if we just didn't have any kids. And then there's kind of silence. And one of the women says, well, I've never even really wanted kids, so that's okay. And then Teal's like, okay, put – Make a note of that. Put that in the the contract. So now you have a written thing in a contract that you're about to sign that says you can't have children. Yeah. When and, that might and- be how you feel right then, but what if you change your mind, which is what happened, and they end up leaving and Teal says that was all of their idea. I didn't have anything to do with it. That, they came up with all of that. Bitch, we all saw what happened. That is not true. But, and, but editing, that's how she, editing, she, the editing is making me look like a monster.
1: No, but she got around it by mentioning, well, I really can't stand this. And you basically just tricked someone mm-hmm. into suggesting the answer that you wanted and going, that is a really good idea. Mm-hmm. This it's. Deceptive. No, it's fuck. very deceptive. Yeah, it And is. then saying, well, you are the one that said you didn't want to do anything. I'm like, nobody in their right mind would be like, I'd like to write a list of things that all benefit somebody that's not me. I'm going to do that right now. It's They were induced into it, I yeah. would say, because in many cases, what I got from it was that they were not being paid. In many cases, they're doing it in exchange for room and board. Some members of the, the team may be getting paid, but others were doing it for
2: a place to live they live there yeah they live at the costa rican retreat or whatever but yeah she talks very openly and this is after juliana and blake have left because she kept telling blake how can you bring her around she's putting me in danger and that's another very manipulative tactic where it's all me 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 do you not care about me do you not care the people want to kill me and that we don't know anything about her and she could be bringing anyone into you've compromised all of our safety by doing this it's very i mean she's a huge bully but it's just then you start to go oh no i i do love you i i don't want you to die well um then i guess you got to break up with her you know and then you're kind of backed into a corner where you're like well i i guess i will cuz yeah i mean i don't want you to die if that's the only way to keep you safe It's it's bonkers. It is
1: fascinating to watch the degree to which she's able to manipulate people Mm -hmm. and then later try to keep manipulating people and going what you saw wasn't what Mm -hmm. you saw. What you saw was fake. And there's a lot of parallels to recent uh, the last about five or six, seven years of the news and leadership in our country of, well, don't pay attention to the evidence you have. I'm telling you what's true. Mm Yeah.
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the docuseries, Teal makes it clear that she was not pleased with the outcome of Molly's research and analysis. When the docuseries was released, she made it clear online that she was also not pleased with her own depiction either. In response to The Deep End, Teal created a four-part series of videos on YouTube and Facebook. In the videos, she said she had been told the documentary would be a, quote, hero's journey, but that the end result was edited to misrepresent what happened. She called the music choice spooky and clarified that she doesn't live in a commune. She also denied ex-boyfriend and follower Jared Dodson's claims, saying that after they broke up, he was a disgruntled ex-lover and she never told him to go kill himself. Throughout the videos, she repeatedly calls the editing misleading, saying it made all of us look nuts. She claims the producers conned me for three years while filming. She also says their editing made her management tactics look strange, when in fact, the non-negotiables and other requirements for employees and volunteers were not cult-like control tactics. According to Teal, those are no different than the mission statements from companies like Apple, Google, and Burger King. Did you know when you go to
1: work at Burger King, they make you sign a list of non-negotiables. One of them is you can't put your family first. The king has to come first. Mm -hmm. The priority is whatever is in the best interest of the Burger King. Everything else is second to that. And you cannot have any personal boundaries that have an effect on the king. You've seen his head. It's huge. huge. There's no boundaries. It had to get that way because
2: everybody's blowing smoke up his ass. (laughs) <laughs> I'm kissing it. It's, um yeah. Anytime someone says, all of us can't be these things. These people made us look the, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck. And also, if you're the smartest person in the world and you can, you're can, you psychic, and how'd you not know for three years they were conning you? Yeah,
1: so I was like, you can see the future, but you didn't see <laughs> the end result of this before mm-hmm. it was edited. You were like, Oh,
2: I'm shocked. You can see everybody's How energy vibrations, but you can see they were just vibrating all over the place, trying to paint you as some nut that you're not. You're
1: looking around, seeing cameramen that are skeletons because she sees everybody's bones. <laughs> That's true. You didn't know that they were gonna
2: get you. Yeah, it's um She's. It's she's so such an egomaniac that she doesn't even see that what she's saying is actually hurting her credibility and reputation even more. The videos, so the deep end comes out.
1: No, she Teal Swan didn't say, Heather, how do we do damage control? I need your advice. I would say, don't address it. If somebody brings it up to you, you might say, I disagreed with it. I thought we had a good thing, but it didn't go well. Or maybe even put out like a statement if she said, I think I really want to make four <laughs> lengthy videos in response where I speak off the cuff and you're going to have to edit it down. Because you can tell with the editing. Oh, that yeah. she, They were longer. It's than It's very she edit- unhinged. And then she's staring into the camera and she's like, a couple of things. I'd like to. And she just she's like. It's like they hit
2: record immediately after she watched it. So she is teed up. There's been no cool down time. We've all gotten an email or something. Where you're like, I'm gonna reply to this bitch right now and tell them what's up, and then you're like, no, because I'm gonna get fired if I do that. So I'm gonna take a break. Net- Tomorrow I'll come back and revisit this with a cooler head. That's not how she rolls. That's not what it looked like. No, she she was so she was so
1: excited. Mm-hmm. I think she had just watched it. So yes, yeah, the things that she pointed to were also very nitty
2: yeah and she has no one telling her this is a bad idea
1: also your video this video is like fully embarrassing i get it some of the other videos where you watch them and it could be her telling you advice in whatever regurgitated form but this one came off so bizarrely petty and Mm -hmm. it it was embarrassing for me to watch yeah a
2: lot of secondhand embarrassment yes for sure Teal was particularly upset with the way her relationship with Blake and Juliana was portrayed, again blaming misleading editing. Teal also claimed Juliana's dad is a certified completion process facilitator, indicating there is no bad blood between the two women. Teal is now calling for the production company to release all the raw footage. A supporter has created a petition calling for its release, and Teal shared the petition in a video on her Facebook page, saying... When you actually see this
1: footage, it it will blow your mind. I am completely behind this.
2: She then asked her followers to sign the petition, ending the video by saying,
1: I will not rest until I set the record straight.
2: Some of Teal's detractors, in response, have called for her to release the full draft of Molly Monaghan's report, including that their leader may be running a cult. That's fair. Dude, the more we are talking about this and you just a minute ago compared it to like the past five years it's it's starkly obvious the parallels between her and trump or just like maniacal behavior cult-like leader uh narcissist it's it's all the same tactics Disregard
1: for regulations and yeah. how you're supposed to do things d- through proper channels. It is uh, chillingly similar.
2: Yeah, one is just packaged in an attractive uh, female who, upon first look, might appear to be a bit disarming, and but that she uses to her advantage. Yeah. Series director John Casby disagreed with Teal's characterization of their editing as deceptive. He told E! News that he and the crew were... Transparent with Teal
1: and her team about the editing process and made clear throughout production that Teal or anyone within the group could ask us to stop filming at any time. The series is a true representation of what we experienced over the three years, and the footage shows the complexity
2: of one of today's most controversial spiritual teachers. Teal took issue with Casby interviewing Molly Monahan, but according to the director, Teal's team connected the docuseries crew with The Investigator. In the end, Teal's response was no surprise to Casby. He told E! News. Her response to the series aligns with how
1: we've seen her treat others who leave the group or disagree with her, crafting narratives to discredit those with alternative perspectives to her own.
2: So they got got. It's yeah. it's so meta because they're, they're trying to film this and, and tell the world about something that's going on. And then it happens to them because she considers them defectors or whatever you want to call them suppressive yeah and and she connects them with Molly because she thinks because she's paying Molly the Molly's going to clear her name and have a bunch of good things to say well good for you Molly for not letting that paycheck make you biased uh, seriously i do
1: i think because teal says has said that she's psychic i think this proves she's not clearly because she didn't know how the monahan report was right. going to come out she didn't know the series was going to come out so i think this also the series However, she thinks it's been edited. the The remaining through lines, the factual through lines, are that the private investigator she hired had this conclusion. The footage shows these things. I think she is so panicked and wanted to respond to this in such a thorough way because she looks like a fucking dumbass. Like at mm-hmm. the end of it, that if if true, so like either it, the docu series is accurate and she acts like uh, as bad as she does. Which I think is true. And she didn't see it coming, which shows that she's a full full idiot. Or she's (laughs) like, oh, it's all a big conspiracy. I asked Paris, I said, you're a filmmaker. How much can you truly edit? And he said, I mean, you have to, like, CGI. Like, I was showing him the scenes that she was arguing about where they're in the same room Mm -hmm. saying things. He's like, I mean, even if you cut it a different way, she still said those words to someone. Because she told Blake, get out of here. You're meaningless. Like, you're worthless. And then she said, well, I never said that to Blake, or I said it on a different day. Well, you and still it's, said it. It's And that's what Paris goes, I mean, that's not like a deep fake. That's footage of her face mm-hmm. saying those things. So again, all the things that she was like picking at that she was nitty and, and irritated about, she, she did the like, well, they put audio of me, of my voice. Like they put a voiceover of her, over footage of her running. And she's like they superimposed audio footage that wasn't even the same day of me running to That's make common. it look like. I was like, That's I... was just as filmmaking,
2: a, you idiot. I was going to say,
1: as a viewer, I was never like, oh, the maybe the camera is recording her thoughts. <laughs> I am an intelligent person who thought... Uh, I know how to like sit the right way on a toilet. Like I have a bare baseline minimum intelligence to go. Oh, they took the audio from one day and laid it over. That's called voiceover, and that's mm-hmm. very normal. But she's like, they misled you and had footage of me running with audio of me from a different day. That's proof. I was like, that's not proof of anything. But she, like you said, she's now turned on them in the same way that she turned on the followers and. For the filmmakers, I guarantee they knew that was coming. Maybe they're psychic because it's not. I'm sure like he said it aligns with how she's treated everyone else. We're not shocked that she had this reaction. No. So from an audio perspective,
2: ones. too, there's only so much an editor can do with because she said, "Watch these scenes. Anytime if my face isn't shown and you see my lips actually saying these words, then I did not say that. If they were clipping out all of these." sound bites from other days and then putting it in it wouldn't sound the same the cadence of our voice would be different the background would be different i mean all of it would sound different when we record something and then if we have to like go back and re-record we've learned early on if we just go back and do that and edit it in it's very obvious because you can't recreate everything that's going on the distance to the mic how your voice
1: like my voice right now i have a little bit of uh ra- raspiness because you know I, there's shit in the air as the outdoors will kill you so my voice tomorrow will sound different than my voice today by but a- she makes
2: she she talks to everyone as if they're making you look like idiots because they're trying to pull one over on you and then everyone watching is like no we knew that i think you're the idiot
1: yeah her like I said the videos are very desperate and very yeah. awkward to mm-hmm. watch Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are
2: waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Molly Monaghan determined the Teal Tribe was not, not a cult, while critics online have disagreed. Mind control expert Stephen Hassan told Oprah Daily he uses an acronym, BITE, to analyze whether something is a cult. The B represents behavior control. This is when a group leader dictates where, how, and with whom the members lives and associates with or isolates them from others. The group may have restrictions on diet, sleep habits, financial habits, or rules and regulations to abide by. And those rules and regulations may be called non-negotiables. Yeah, if we're going down a list, check. The I represents information control. This can manifest itself in withholding or distorting information and or lying. The group may also discourage non-cult sources of information, discrediting journalists, former members, or outsider opinions. The cult will also generate a large amount of internally created information. Hassan told Oprah Daily that could take the form of YouTube videos, newsletters, movies, and other media. Check. Check. (laughs) The T represents thought control. Hassan says cults will utilize hypnotic techniques to alter mental states undermine critical thinking, and age regress the member. Cults may also encourage members to change their names and discourage contact with family or non-cult members. Hassan also warns that cult leaders may use loaded language and cliches, which constrict knowledge, stop critical thoughts, and reduce complexities into platitudinous buzzwords. Check. check. <laughs> Big old check on yeah, that one. this one.
1: Yeah, especially, oh, in the last one, too. YouTube videos mm-hmm. saying other footage is false and a lie. And this one
2: Discrediting saying, people
1: that leave. I mean, my God, she just goes scorched earth if anybody dares turn their back on her. Oh, absolutely. And also changing names. Somebody in the deep end talked about they changed their name. Mm-hmm. Discouraging contact with family members. We talked about overtly by the non-negotiables of, like, Nobody comes before Teal and also subversively by going, anyway, you didn't know this, but your dad sexually molested your family members and never, no one ever told you. And you're like, well, I don't want to talk to them anymore. Mm
2: -hmm. It's, oh man, that's the impressed memories. And especially because of their like this heinous abuse and stuff, making people think that that happened to them. And then also the people on the, the end of that, the the dad that's like, I didn't do this, and now his daughter won't talk to him because she's convinced that he molested her as a kid. It's just it is uh fucking with people's mind in like the worst way you possibly can. It's insidious. Dr. Todd Grande echoes these thoughts on his YouTube channel, explaining how self-titled spiritual leaders often use tactics like teal when speaking with followers. For example, in the deep end. Teal asks the follower what it would take for her to be happy. When the woman replies, Nothing. Teal immediately asks her another question. Why are you still on the planet? Despite not having said anything profound or helpful, the audience bursts into applause, believing they just witnessed the words of a prophet. In reality, Teal just delivered the statement with confidence, making a useless statement seem important. Dr. Grande believes statements like these,
1: Only sound profound without knowing what the words mean.
2: Co-host of the podcast, Cult Faves, Cher Martinetti, also agrees, saying in an interview with Salon, She
1: doesn't really give concrete answers or explanations to anything. She speaks using terms and words
2: that don't mean anything. The final letter in the BITE acronym, E, represents emotional control. Hassan told Oprah Daily that cults will make the person feel that problems are their own fault. Colts refuse to take responsibility for harm that they do to members. Instead, they blame the members themselves. Colts also instill fear, such as the fear of the outside world, enemies leaving or being shunned by the group. Check. Check.
1: <laughs> well, and especially when you look at the members who have died by suicide and her to go, no, she said their soul was completely uh, unhelpable, that yeah. nobody could ever have helped this. Not... I did a thing and it caused harm that no one could ever have even helped. So no matter what I did, it was never going to work anyway. And it's all her fault because no one could help her.
2: And not even saying I couldn't help her, but you're putting it off on people just made up people. Just, you know, like no one could have helped her. Do you know how many fucking people are on the world? You're telling me no one could help her. You can't make a statement like that. But when you've said I'm the way and the truth Mm -hmm. and the light,
1: I'm the only one that can help you then, yeah, you have, but then to separate yourself and go, but nobody could help. I told her I was the only answer, but let's forget that for a minute and say, uh, so it's like, well, when, what was true? She gets caught
2: up in her own bullshit all the time.
1: Uh, and that's what a lot of, like I said, a lot of on the last episode, those blogs that have emerged of former followers who are just trying to like sort through the bullshit to go, wait, she said what to you? But then mm-hmm. she also said this. But these it's like the the stories don't match up with the timelines of her history. And
2: then even the logic of her, uh, there's just the fallacies are throughout. And or it she tells go, one person, you're the most important person to me. Or, you know, maybe not those exact words, something like that. And then. They find out, she told you that? She told me that also. So you're not, you find out all of a sudden, I'm not as special as I thought I was. I'm not as unique. She's saying the same bullshit to everybody. And, are you, and you kind of see her
1: doing that intensity with in the deep end with those people that come to the retreat center of like, I, I just feel a connection. I feel this connection here. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Cult researcher and California State University professor, John Jalalik, told Vice that she has heard from several former Tealers that feel wronged and are now trying to heal from their trauma. Mostly they're from people who feel that they've been
1: exploited. They want some kind of validation that they were right in feeling that way about their
2: experiences. Dr. Todd Grande believes that Teal is not running a cult as far as her followers are concerned, but that the way she treats and manages her inner circle is indicative of a disorganized cult. Dr. Grande follows this with his trademark deadpan humor, saying, If Teal's cult was a soft drink, it would be named Colt Light. He was real proud of that joke, too. <laughs> He's always very proud of his <laughs> jokes. <laughs> but this, for, the, for the people that have come out of this, the survivors, many of them, you do want that validation because you've been gaslit for years. And, and now you you're like, like can somebody just tell me I'm not fucking crazy, that all of this happened and that all of this also didn't happen because i don't know what's real anymore
1: yeah and saying i this going through this made me feel this way am i and then saying no no no. i felt the same way too mm-hmm. and here's uh, what i'm doing do you have any suggest? you know just navigating both having gone through something that shakes the foundation of your reality like you said earlier it ruins your family and now your family is having to grapple with like allegations that are unfounded or if they are There is something to it. That's a different thing you actually need to heal from Mm -hmm. with actual recognized, trained professionals. So it's definitely uh, one benefit of the Internet is that these people can now find one another. Yeah.
2: They have to have a support group for Mm -hmm. their support group. Yeah. Teal currently has 1.6 million followers on Facebook. Her posts are a mix of sharing memes, clips of her YouTube videos, and quotes alongside striking photos of her in evening wear or slinky sundresses. We were watching a YouTube video of of her before we started recording uh, about her opinions on homosexuality, which is a whole thing in and of itself, and... I said to myself, is she wearing a negligee? And then I sent you the thing and you go, is she in a nightie? It straight up looks like she is. It looks like a satin robe yeah. with a lace negligee. Yes. And it it's was bizarre. filmed
1: in a darkened room. Anyhow, the at the end of it, she says that your soul is going to love who it's going to love. And you choose to be gay in the higher realm before your soul embodies a body. So whatever body you're in... And I can see how that would be comforting, right? Mm-hmm. If you, you know, you're like this, this isn't like a conscious, you know, if, especially if you come from maybe like a really religious upbringing right. and they are telling you that it's a choice and you can pray it away. I can see how watching that video and in the comments, there's comment after comment of like, I'm 56 years old and a lesbian or I've, I'm gay and this video helped me. And you're like, in that case, this, this is where we get this issue of like, mm-hmm. it's, talking it's speaking to people on a, a level that's making them feel positive no it's
2: been the the crux of all of this for three episodes is where do you cross the line from being someone who really is helping people by sharing your own experiences or your just ideologies that others may connect with to being a problematic person who is encouraging people to kill themselves and you know causing a lot of harm and at least in the state of utah that they found that line when she was trying to diagnose people with actual diagnosable things that only clinicians can do Mm -hmm. users commenting on her videos on facebook admitted they showed up because of the hulu series one user wrote I never heard of Teal, but I checked
1: her out after I saw the first episode. If people go to her channel and see her videos, they will realize there is a discrepancy. It is very sad they portrayed her so negatively. On the other hand, she
2: gained another subscriber. And that's very true. They say there's no such thing as bad publicity. All of these people that are so pissed off about all of her stuff, they're going and watching her YouTube videos. She's getting those clicks and people are seeing those ads that are giving her money. And many of the
1: comments I saw were people saying, oh, I watched the series and I came to see how bad it was. And this is just memes. Like, all this is is memes. And kind of from the surface level going, I'm going to follow this. These are great. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. this little clip was really great. So
2: it actually did the opposite that she was worried
1: about in Mm -hmm. some cases.
2: Not everyone was so fooled. Another wrote, this latest
1: episode was very disturbing. Do not put your trust, hopes, and dreams on hold in order to worship a human being. We are all flawed. When given that much power over people, a person
2: will eventually abuse it. Be careful. Is this a cult or just a close-knit group providing solace through their leader's teachings? There is no better person to sum it up than Teal herself, who said in an interview on Vice,
1: The truth is, I'm very good at content. What I create is content, and I am a leader.
2: Jennings Brown, host of the Gizmodo podcast, The Gateway, told Vice that his biggest takeaway from his research and experience was that until mental health resources become more widely available, people like Teal Swan will always have a following. If you Google something
1: about suicide, you're probably going to find that suicide lifeline up top, but it's not very human. It's just a number. My takeaway is we need more options for people who are struggling from other resources that are being held more accountable.
2: This goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning with SEO and just holding those big businesses, Google, YouTube, Facebook, them more accountable with what people are actually seeing and making sure it's not misinformation or harmful. Absolutely. And, I, and just adapting to the changing technology. Mm-hmm. If you are thinking about harming yourself or attempting suicide, tell someone who can help right away. Call the toll-free 24-hour hotline of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline by dialing 988 on any phone to be connected to a trained counselor at a suicide crisis center nearest you. Again, that's 988-CALL-OR-TEXT to be connected anytime, day, or night. So what do we think? You said you were excited for this part. I'm excited <laughs> to think- hear what you have to say.
1: Well, I think this points to several issues that we can address one by one. Go, dovetailing off of this Jennings Brown quote, you're right. We need to regulate social media and search engines, understanding that back in the day, if you needed to find something, you went to a library, right? If mm-hmm. I wanted a book about suicide, I would go up and maybe tell a librarian, I'm looking for a book about suicide. When I went to look at the book about suicide, a person wasn't lurking in the aisle going, hey, were you looking for a book about suicide? Mm-hmm. Why don't you uh, come to my spiritual retreat and talk to me about it? Instead, I could just go and get a book. And I think when you have a search engine that is now, if wants to, I hope it never replaces libraries. We love libraries; we need them. They're very important. But when you have shifted what the primary source of people's information gathering from a uh, hard and fast you know go into a physical place and touching a physical book to virtual i think we need li- like a virtual librarian right we need uh, some regulation on google or not just google on any of the search engines and it, that says okay you're allowed to provide information however this is these are some reins that you need to put on the information on like allowing people to buy advertisements using harmful words. And there is some already, there is some regulation where she gets a lot of her followers, I believe, is through social media. And I would say social media is not necessarily the same as a library, but it's maybe more like a bar. You know, it's mm-hmm. I mean, people do go there for support and information, but just like that, if you're going to looking to hang out with your friends, there isn't always someone just lurking there going hey You want to buy some stuff? You want to, that's what If you go media to an in-person
2: into. support group, You know, everyone there is just doing that right then. They're not also Mm -hmm. Googling a bunch of other stuff or possibly distracted. And like you said, there's not somebody in the corner going, well, you like this support group? Hey, here's a list of 10 other support groups you might like. You might get that information from another person. But it's it's a much more personal experience that seems like it would be less problematic than what – how easy it is just to find stuff online. I am an idiot and didn't realize – I told you all the other night when you mentioned something about Reddit and I go, wait, there's porn on Reddit. And <laughs> It was like a record scratch in the living room. And Tommy just looks at me. He goes, don't ever let our kids on Reddit. And I go, our kids don't even know how to use a computer. How would I let them on Reddit? But you can. Yeah, but they will. And like you got to. It's, it's also about like talking to those generations uh, or, mm-hmm. you know, and even people that are older and know how to do that stuff. Like educating people on this is harmful this is helpful
1: yeah and also understanding that things that you google follow you and so it would be like you go to the mm-hmm. library you get a book on suicide and then so you go to a bar and someone follows you to the bar and says hey i noticed you were looking at the uh, book on suicide hey do you want to come with me to this uh garage i do uh healing practices in my garage and you're like You're nice. You seem cool. And you. hey, you knew I was looking for that already. Huh. And so understanding that we're being followed right from while the search engine is like an informational portal, we get followed and then pushed content that may Mm -hmm. not be. So I do think as a public, we have to determine what sensitive topics and subjects we think should be subject to stricter. Uh, eyeballs on it right and like rules and you can't sell ads using words about suicide like we don't want struggles to become a commodity that's heart-wrenching so Mm -hmm. that's one issue that i think is brought up by this is that she does manipulate she doesn't even manipulate she uses the tools that are available in a way that makes her a lot of money in which case like a lot of people do but when it comes to you're now making money off of people struggling with mental health issues that's when we go well that's gross we don't want that Mm -hmm. and here's ways that we're going to stop it so that's that the other thing I think is destigmatizing seeking mental health support because I think for a lot of folks, taking any step like Googling that you're struggling is is huge. That's mm-hmm. like you don't even want to say it out loud. And basically, yeah. telling the phone, you don't telling your phone or your computer is tantamount to saying it out loud. And by having such a stigma on it of, oh my gosh, you go to therapy? Like, yes, I love my therapist. I went to therapy today. It was great. And when you, Destigmatize it and hopefully us talking about it and so so many more people in the entertainment industry are more open about it and talking about it you then make a person who is having thoughts of anxiety or struggling with you know their neurodivergence or whatever any anything possible that you might need assistance with that you might then go google they would be open to taking the next step beyond google and searching something near them that being said i think all of our health care, while some people's insurance kind of sometimes covers some mental health. That new John Oliver, it's not new, but it's a couple of weeks old, John Oliver segment about the lack of coverage of mental health treatment through Medicare, Medicaid support, things like that for people who truly need it. I think that needs to be prioritized. For sure. And not only prioritized, I think it needs to be not mandatory, but being like, for everybody, you we all get a physical checkup once a year. Why don't we all just get the covered it's like covered for free you get to go and check in with a mental health professional Mm -hmm. and then from there determine okay i want to keep seeing this person or i don't or whatever but make it like let's all just do a yearly check-in right we all do yearly check-ins but because i think it's so stigmatized that i think it is simpler to say oh well this is my religion like this is spirituality
0: waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands
2: LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's
1: linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. So I am I am into this spiritualist, not I'm struggling mentally. And so I went to seek out this woman that popped up because I was Googling self-harm mm-hmm. things. And so hearing it to the outside world, you're like, oh, oh, it's just spirituality. She's just a spiritualist. She shares these memes on Facebook. It's not harmful. So that that's the second issue, I think, is mm-hmm. provide like putting that more in there. And then for her, particularly, is it a cult? I think Todd Grande kind of hit the nail on the head. The way she interacts with and treats her inner circle implicates more of these questions of cultability. I think there's she's not holding anybody hostage. You know, she's not making anybody give her all of her money or they're not going to move to a different country that we know of that we know or the inner circle people are but I mean you know if you're just going the fact that it's just readily available on YouTube you know you don't really have to commit you can just listen to it Mm -hmm. look at it and I think because uh, I wonder if because she is so more so much more accessible if that accessibility actually It's accessibility without this buy-in. Like, it's not a huge buy-in to watch a YouTube video. If it's, like, longer than eight minutes, like, I'm not going to watch it. Come on. But, like, it's not a huge buy-in to watch it versus other cults where, like, a smaller group with more harm on a more concentrated level, she has such a broader reach, and so she's in small ways harming so many more people on such a scale. So that's a kind of just a hypothetical question of, is it more harmful when you have somebody like, uh, when we covered the Buddhafield cult, where you force people to give their savings up and they have to live with you and they don't leave the house, they all live together, but it, it only impacts you know, a couple hundred people versus this. It's not, aside from like buying the book or maybe buying, you know, everybody's in for a couple bucks on a millions and millions and millions of People, you know, when you mm-hmm. spread that harm out, like, I don't know what's more harmful. I don't know if I do either.
2: I don't, I don't, I I think don't they know are if there's an are. answer to that. Yeah, I think. And families of both, you know, would say uh, they're both harmful. I mean, the people that lost their loved ones to suicide yeah. because of Teal's teachings, I think, would say it's extremely harmful and just as harmful as, you know, a, a more act, something that we've all declared is a is a legitimate cult. So, yeah, I mean, I I agree with, um, with everything you've said. But it's really interesting the uh, kind of comparison of if all of these things online happened in real life, how creepy and weird it would be if someone just approached you at a bar after you'd been at the library and did say, hey, I saw what you got there. Uh, I, I got some friends that are interested in the same stuff. You want to come talk? If that happened to you, you'd be like, hell no, weirdo, what's going on? You followed me from here? But because it's all online and we feel safer in our own bedrooms looking at this stuff, we have this we have this disconnect from reality, but at the same time, we feel more connected because they're right there on our screen looking at us. And we're usually more likely to say something online than we would to somebody's face. We see that on it in the Internet all the freaking time of you would never say, you know, you might never tell someone I have suicidal ideations, but you could Google it and then it comes up and you watch an eight minute video. And instead of having gone to an actual counselor or therapist and had a session, you're like, well, OK, I feel a little bit better. And, you know, you kind of it is like a salve, but eventually mm-hmm. you need legitimate help. Most people do. And she is not the person to be giving that. So if she's doing just enough harm to get people to a certain point and then abandoning them, you're you're more you're hurting more than you were when you started the whole journey. And you're a hundred percent
1: right. And I think my conclusion of all of it is she needs to stay in her lane. Mm-hmm. I am fully on board with her wanting to express her spirituality, her spiritual thinking can mind body connectivity a lot of the stuff that she's cribbed from, you know, all these thinkers for centuries. That's fine. If you are want to interpret these teachings in your own way, I I am not here to stop you and if people want to worship that, I don't think you should worship a living breathing human being, but that's just me. But if you unless it's Beyonce, don't. No, but if you want it <laughs> I don't, but you know what I mean like she she's flawed flawed and fallible like all the rest yeah. of us and there are people t- people on tiktok that who i follow or who i their videos pop up that are uh like self-love based and mm-hmm. like i want honey there's this real country lady i love and she's like now did you do it this week if you didn't do it i'm gonna remind you i want you to go in the mirror and say i am worthy of love i is am it beautiful. mama um She's got a real short haircut. She's she's from she's from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I can't think of her name. No, the one I'm thinking she's of does not lady. have
2: short hair. The one I'm thinking of is beloved on TikTok, and she's very like that. And her son was recently murdered, and now she's using the platform to try and find out what happened. It's all very sad. I'm, I'm sure so a sad. lot of people listening are like, "It's Mama something." Um, I her name uh, escapes me right now, but yeah, there's a lot of those people on TikTok, and again, it's like, well, when does it go from just yeah that to something harmful where you could be end, end up in a court of law. Yeah,
1: and that's what you can see in Teal's videos there and especially when you expand to this completion process and and the diagnosis. I have no problem with you want to spread positivity. Jeffrey Marsh is another one and they're uh, they're a Buddhist monk for like 25 years. So, again, that's someone who's now wanting to share their religion, their faith, and kindness. And they're a non binary kind of icon and author. And, but they're not diagnosing people or telling them not to take their meds or get, or they're not behaving and acting like. So, when you see these people online who are n- behaving like, inspirational speakers if you want to be go be tony robbins all day long and tell people to find the best of themselves that's all well and good but they're tony robbins glennon doyle these people haven't stepped over that line to be like anyway and also you have you have um undiagnosed anxiety Mm -hmm. and this is how i'm going to diagnose it for you and i'm going to help you so i think that's why well what's the difference teal swan she's just making videos no 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 she's I think she's harmful because she will not stay in her lane. I think she would be effective, an effective content creator, because she clearly already is, but they're in the deep end. They're like, what's that next level? Why can't we get to the next bound? Why can't we get to that next, you know, take that next step? Well, I think, A, because she's very inauthentic, and I think people can smell that a mile away, that when you listen to a Glennon Doyle podcast or watch an interview, you're getting Glennon. I mean, like 95%. You know what I mean? We're all entitled to our personal lives, but... You're like that's all. I I have an air of authenticity with what I'm watching, and at no point would Glennon Doyle ever go. And anyway, I'm gonna need for you to let me diagnose you and treat you for your mm-hmm. mental health. Hell, no.
2: Share that is your a person. own story, maybe yes, it helps others and let others draw their own conclusion of oh, I can take what happened to them and apply it to my life like this to help me in my situation and let your audience connect the dots based yeah. on what you're saying. You can't start diagnosing people and telling people to stop taking their meds and mm-hmm. saying, "Well, you know what? If you're ready to end it, just do it. It's reincarnation's real. It's just a reset button." You that stuff is you can't do that. Yeah. I, and that's I
1: think what she she flew a little too close to the sun, got this Kind of bad press and his now is, I think, trying to walk it back because all of her videos are like, she is not a mental health professional. She is not trying mm-hmm. to diagnose people. Please note, if you have suicidal thoughts, call this number. And very much is trying to, I think there's lip service paid to, no, 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 I'm not a professional now. When if you go back and look at the last 10, 15 years, however long she's been at it not just publicly on YouTube, but back when she was at these cafes and when she uh, met the folks in, in Utah and using the phrase, well, they would come to my home for therapy. So, I mean, I think now she's trying to walk it back and be like, no, 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 I'm I'm a content creator. I'm just a content creator. And if that's what she wants to be, fine, lady, stay in
2: yeah. your lane. Yeah. And content creators and spiritual leaders, in my opinion, would have two different models, business models and mm-hmm. how you would equate success. And yeah. a content creator is someone that is looking for the likes. How do we get more views? How do we get more followers? How do we get people to hit that subscribe button? That's the stuff she's concerned with. Yes. So to me, I look at that and say, okay, so she isn't very authentic because she's more concerned with this is a business than really what she's saying helping people. Truly.
1: And I mean, it can be you can be you can have both, you know, artists and content creators are absolutely entitled to be paid for what they are. But just say that's what you are. Say mm-hmm. like, I hop like if you look at Dr. Todd Grande's one, he's a YouTuber, he gets paid from his ads on YouTube. There's a ton of like lawyers that do legal analysis. There's other psychologists, therapists on YouTube doing that. And if the videos they w- are put out and people want to consume them, they are, get paid for them. That's fine. But they are all very clear. I'm here for entertainment purposes only and I'm not here to be your therapist and get you hooked because you think I'm your therapist. You may want to watch all my videos cuz you like them, that's fine, but I'm not here to try to get under, you know, get you to completely rely on me for this emotional thing. And maybe having done the harm that she's done, allegedly with these former clients who's you know have upset families she'll move away from that and will move towards more inspirational fluffy mm-hmm. content creation which she's totally entitled to do and see this as which she didn't see before as a 6,000 year old Arcturian psychic being who can see through skin shocked. She didn't see it before, but now that she sees the writing on the walls, she'll step back from this whole. but she still has a retreat. She still charges five grand to go and be treated by her and implanting all these memories and stuff. So until I think until there's some kind of regulation of that, which she's out of the country. So I don't think it's going to be stopped.
2: Yeah. I think, I mean, moving out of the country, I think was, uh, intentional finding a a retreat center that wasn't going to be um regulated the same way she would in the states for sure yeah i mean best case scenario she learns a lesson from all of this and changes her whole business model and everything is you know uh smooth sailing is that going to happen i don't know my concern is and worry is I just don't want it to get worse. I don't want this to all of a sudden become where like, oh, she's got 100 people living at this resort all of a sudden. And now there's armed guards at the gate. And now, you know, I mean, like, you just see how these things can progress and then end in a, a terrible fashion. So I hope that this one has been, a spotlight has been shown on it early enough on that it won't get to that point that you nip it in the bud because mm-hmm. you
1: do see um love has won mother mm-hmm. god what happens when you have somebody that says i am god i am there's nobody or no entity that knows more than me what i say is a law that's that is when you start to see dangerous and love has won wasn't that many people but mm-hmm. the amount of people it was was significant substantial and it matters to those families just like Phil sure. one well not all of her millions of viewers or even the you know, couple of pe- less than 100 people in her inner circle have died by suicide. Well, yeah, but one is too many.
2: Yeah. I mean, Any if, a, is if too many. a plane crashes and there's 100 people on board and 99 survive, well, that one person who died, their family is devastated. Yeah. They're not and- like, well, thank God the 99 other made it out. It's my loved one did not. And I no longer have them now.
1: And you and you don't go well. The plane has this thing on it, and we don't really check them. And it's kind of a well, whatever. I think everybody would want to let's see what that is and see maybe how we can fix it and Mm -hmm. not just go well. At least it was only
2: one person. There's an investigation done every time a plane crashes. There's an investigation done. Yeah, so yeah, so more regulations, like you said, and uh, destigmatizing mental health. Yeah, oversight all of that on social media. We definitely need all of that and giant sunglasses for the earth. That will solve it we, We've th- solved, once again. Solves all. We've solved it all. <laughs> <laughs> we love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker,
1: membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Ruling the Airwaves and Getting Into It tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini and patron-exclusive video and audio content, including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Dear... Sinister, Judge Christie, True Crime Headlines, and so much more. This last week we did a Listener Am I the Asshole? And when I uh explained it to Leanne yesterday at uh when we were eating, I told her the story of the snake and she went,
2: <gasps> "So, there's a lot of um Hot Chatterin. takes on on Patreon about the snakes situation. Check it out, and patrons in our Getting Into It tier
1: are also able to vote on a bonus content segment each month that they would like to see live streamed. They also get to vote on a regular main feed episode. Which last month we had a tie, so we will be covering our next That's episode. Right. Will be the cover. It will be the episode
2: chosen by our Getting Into It patrons. I forgot about that. Nice. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions.
1: And we've decided that the we'll announce it on social media and on Patreon, but the live Q&A will be Tuesday, August 30th, and the live stream content will be Wednesday, August 31st,
2: both at 8
1: p.m. Central Time. For patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available.
2: Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign ups to hear your shout out and our thank you corner. So many of you have been tagging
1: us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. If you want to get some cool swag like T-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos. Visit
2: Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting Sinisterhood.com slash playlist. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SinisterhoodPod. Like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Christy, where are you at? I'm on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and on TikTok and Twitter at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I am on Twitter at MCK vs. The World and on TikTok and Instagram at Heather vs. The World. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy.
1: Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts. R.D.
2: Beth T. Amanda Saylor Carissa Andes Samantha Blakemore Sarah Heavey Mercedes A Allie Smiles Melissa McClure Nicole Brinkley Liz Foster Naya Brittany Gaunt Ambrell Coy Kendra Strand Meg Stegg Amy Lemelin Dolores Riggins Kai Asawa Lori Sanders Kalandra Sophia Urbieta, Savannah Sessions Michelle Gregory Kendra Wilson and Amanda Price. And thank you so much for your support. We could not do this without you. We also have some thank yous from just some amazing stuff that we've received both in the mail and at live shows. Yes.
1: First of all, from our live shows in Chicago, thank you, Paula, for your tarot-style fan art drawing. It was so wonderful to meet you after the show and hear your grievance during the show. We Mm -hmm. really appreciated that. Also, Abby and Krista came through with a St. Louis-themed gift bag that had so many good snacks in it. And we did not get to St. Louis on this tour. We hope to go in the future, and you got to go on vacation. I was just there. I hope we get to go back. Snacks uh quinn gave us some ear sticker fidgets things like that
2: that was awesome and mm-hmm. melissa gave us a keychain which Thank was also you awesome so much in milwaukee candace havens we got a bag of sheboygan treats candace went all out we Dude. she tracked tommy down tommy brought us the gifts there were t-shirts stickers meat sticks mm. chapsticks a book the Sausage Man plushie that uh, for Simon, it's this little sausage man that at uh, one of their sporting events, he races around with some other characters, too. We've got so many cool stuff, uh, very fun stuff. Ella the other day said... I want to wear my T-shirt that has the sausage riding the skateboard on it, which is uh, the T-shirt Candace gave her. So thank you so much, Candace. Thanks, Candace. She gave me one that says, You're the worst, and it's a weenie on it. I love that shirt. Uh Uh-huh. It's
1: great. It's great. And in Tampa, Kristen gave us some stickers. We really appreciate that. And Kelly and
2: Shauna gave us some koozies, and I have mine here. It says, Ain't no laws when you're drinking the claws. They brought those themselves for their personal drinks they were drinking that night. Mm -hmm. We commented on them in the show because they were front, front and center and then afterwards in the meet and greet they just gave them to us it was, it was amazing. very it was very nice yes truly
1: appreciate it well also mail call we got some mail melly barrett sent me a slea stack sticker which is incredible because it looks like a religious icon like a virgin mary kind of but it's a slea stack from land of the lost i love it oh, so much we just okay. talked about it she
2: had emailed saying she had something to send you but i haven't seen what it is do you also it it? to
1: It's in the living room. Unfortunately, I don't have it here. But I do have it in the living room because I was trying to decide. It's enormous. I was trying to decide where it might go. I might not (laughs) stick
2: it on something. I actually might frame it because it's almost seven inches. I have a gift coming for you in the mail. It hasn't hasn't shipped yet. But if you want to hold off. I will hold off. Do you want me to just tell you what it is? Is this a sticker book? I bought me, you, and Leanne all sticker books.
1: (laughs) Yes! We have so many stickers. I know.
2: Dove's Tales with Sarah of
1: Sarasaurus Art, who sent us so many stickers that she designed. They look like tarot cards, and some are dogs. I haven't some are seen like these Mach yet. Mothman. I know I have a big ass stack of them. Bring, I'll bring it, it to you me tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, I'll bring it to you tomorrow. But uh, and there's one that's like a sweetheart candy that says "Fuck the Patriarchy." She I also gave that. us some postcards, but it's so many stickers. And I was like, where are they going to go? I don't want to just like leave them in a box. That's perfect.
2: I got a stack. Yep. I uh, ordered us all ones that are designed by the same artist that I thought. Uh, spoke to our personalities. I love it. So, they're shipping from Hawaii, much appreciated.
1: And then, <laughs> Betsy sent us two figurines one <laughs> is a chupacabra, and one's a mothman. And we actually have the Jersey Devil of this same company, so it fits. <gasps> oh, I was just looking at my Jersey Devil of that yesterday and wondering where I can get ones that are like it. There we go. Now we have two more. Thank and then, you, also, Betsy. Betsy also sent us uh, two crocheted creatures. And one has arms, but it looks like a nightcrawler, but I think that uh, it's it's maybe a chupacabra. That's It has like an underbite, so it looks chupacabra-ish, but I love it. It's beautiful, and a very beautiful crocheted mothman. i got so to see incredible. stickers
2: of these when they come in. I mean, i got to see pictures of I know, these I when we get them, them in the mail. I should have sent pictures, but I, I wanted to this. type it out. I uh, can't wait to see these things and to have some of them in my home. I'm very excited. I can go get them if you want I want to see the crocheted ones. Okay, let me real get the bad. crochet thing. Okay. Get anything you can I was think of. It in my office. Oh my God. You have an armful of stuff.
1: It's a show and tell.
2: <laughs> you oh. have so much stuff. This Here's is awesome. the Wild Hair Creatures
1: of Legends and Lore collectible series. Oh. So now we have
2: Mothman. Look at him. How cute is Mothman? El Chupacabra. Oh, very fun. I like it. It kind of looks like a troll doll. I like that. It does. I like their troll hair. Mm hmm. Yeah, oh, I think that's a chupacabra. It's chupi based on the teeth. It's amazing. It's like it's very such... big. That must have taken so long. It's
1: incredible craftsmanship. The work oh, is amazing.
2: I love that. And then... Oh my gosh, this crocheted mock man.
1: I'm going to try to get like a lighter background so you can see. How cute is that? I love it. Yeah, so thank you so much, Betsy. Thank you, Sarah, Melly, everybody from on tour. We so much
2: appreciate you. Thank you all so much. It's never expected, but it's always appreciated. We love all of you so much. Thank you. Stay safe. Stay healthy, and keep it creepy. <laughs>